It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Another edition of Technology Expresso's Cafe Radio. Here we engage our listening audience in intriguing and interesting conversation related to the IT and the STEM career field. I am your host, Dave Blackman, joined with my co-host, Jacqueline Sanders. Hello, Jacqueline. Hello, David. Hi. So tonight we are joined by Mr. Wayne Mr. Hicks is the Executive Director for the BDPA Education and Technology Fund, nonprofit fundraising organization associated with the BET organization. He is also a three-time winner of the BDPA Presidential Award, very prestigious. Mr. Hicks also served as National BDPA President-elect from 2000 to 2003 and National BDPA President from 2004 to 2005. Mr. Hicks received his Bachelor's of Arts degree in Political Science from the University of California, Riverside. Welcome, Mr. Hicks, and thanks for joining us. It is a pleasure to be with you, Jacqueline, and the Technology Expresso Cafe audience. Well, thank you. So, Mr. Hicks, you've been a member of BDPA since 1988. So what was your motivation for joining, and and has your vision for BDPA changed over the years? Um, My motivation for joining was like basically every person who's ever joined BDPA, in my view, it was was based on self-interest. In my case, um, I was a uh, manager working for the federal government at a large data center in downtown Detroit, and I got selected to be a mid-level manager in the um, in the computer room, and I became responsible at that point in time for a, a 24-hour, three-shift operation that ran the largest computer room for that for the the agency that I was working for, you know, nationwide. We we were responsible for getting out over 100,000, you know, payroll checks every two weeks. It was a lot of a lot of pressure, a lot of folks. It was a lot different from my, you know, the, the years that I had with um, that agency before. It's my first time in an IT department, and so. Uh, one of my one of the folks I work with said I needed to go check out BDPA Detroit chapter, and so I went to a Detroit chapter program meeting, and I joined at the first night I went. And my reason for joining was I wanted a certificate that said I was a member of this black IT organization that I could put behind my desk, you know, in the office, so that I would get some quote unquote credibility from folks, you know, that knew I didn't that I'd never worked in the computer room before, if you will. So that was my reason for joining back then. Um, I, I went to that meeting and just got very, very excited by the program, very excited by the people, by the networking that took place. You know, a few months later, um, in 1988, I went to my first national conference. Um, it was in Chicago, and I was blown away by the, by the um, energy and by just the, you know, the large gathering of, of people of African descent that were in technology. And, and so that's, that was my start. I got started, a very positive chapter, you know, experienced a national conference during that first year. 
And, you know, I, you know, I've been engaged for the next 25 years after that. Wow. That's fantastic. Wayne, Jacqueline. Uh, thanks, David. And, and, you know, I have to chuckle at that story. And, and I, there's a couple of different ways I, I could go with my next question. But let's talk about since 1988, BDPA uh, has probably gone through some transformations as well as, you know, even in the IT, IT industry. It's, it's a fast-moving, uh, you know, changing within very dynamic atmosphere. But share with us, from your view, what have you seen? What are the changes in 19, since 1988? Um, how has BDPA evolved? How is it keeping up and staying current? You know, it, it is just like the IT industry. For those of us that are in the industry, and we respect how over the past, you know, over the past five years, the way things have changed, much less the past 25 years. Um, and so there's changes in that respect. Um, there's been a lot of changes. If you're not an IT professional, but you just use technology and you're impacted by technology in your everyday life, the way that we were impacted by technology in 1988 is so much different than the way that we were impacted you know, in 2013 with things like, like this particular Internet radio show and the like. And so those have been a lot of the changes and transformations that the organization has gone through and that our membership has gone through. Um, when I joined in 88, there was a lot of mainframe programmers that were a part of the organization. There was a lot of, you know, folks that were engaged in the mainframe industry. And I would dare say now that that's a very small percentage of our membership are folks that are in the mainframe industry because that's a very small percentage of the industry now in terms of, you know, em employment. Um, and so those are, those are some of the changes. You know, I've watched BDPA go from an organization that, you know, had paper newsletters that were, that were mailed out, you know, with, we were all very conscious of our, the, the mass mailing and getting the good postage rates by, by sending them in bulk. You know, that was like the big thing in terms of communicating with the membership back then, you know, Fast forward a few years from then, we had a we, we created and had our own BBS network. It was BDPA Net, and that was our you know that was a bunch of folks in different chapters around the country that had those. If you I don't know if you guys remember that, but the 2400 baud modems that would make all the loud noises when you when you logged in and you could hear the dialing. It was just that was we went through that phase of communicating you know with members and with um, with between chapters and at the national board level. You know, to the point that we then created, you know, what everyone has gone. You create your own website, then you start doing things on smartphones the way we're doing now. So I've just the the industry has revolutionized itself many times over. Our membership has reinvented itself many times over, and BDPA as an organization has, you know, reinvented itself many times over in that time. And I imagine that being ready for change. Um, has has individuals and has an organization will define us over the next 25 years if we you know if we are to survive and, and thrive in, in that next quarter century. Great point, great point, uh, David. Do you have? I'll let you take the next question. Well, thanks, Jacqueline. Thanks, for, uh, thanks for that, Wayne. Now, Wayne, uh, BDPA itself has had a huge impact across the country, and I, I and I dare call it um, a, a local grassroots type organization. And and so my next question is is what has been the local impact of BDPA? And when I say that, I mean across the country at the local level because we have chapters everywhere: Milwaukee. Philadelphia, here in Atlanta, Minnesota, plenty of places in Florida and California as well, uh, from coast to coast. What has been the impact at the local level, if you could describe that, please? You know, BDPA has survived this long, much longer than many startups, if you will, as, you know, in, in the for-profit world, much longer than many nonprofits um, in the in the not-for-profit, non-profit world. And, and it's because our, our mission is, is succinct, and it's easily understandable. You know, BDPA exists in all those local areas that you named and, and other cities across the country because we, for one purpose, in my view, we exist to advance the careers of African Americans in the IT industry from the classroom to the boardroom. Okay? And so that is simple to understand. Now, advancing careers has changed over time. It used to be advancing careers, and most of those careers were in in, in big boxes and, you know, mainframe, as I talked about before, it used to be that advancing careers meant working through a, a few IT organizations, the IBMs, and back then the digital equipments. And, you know, so there was a few well-known IT uh, corporations that we worked with. 
you know, now IT is everywhere. And so advancing careers means that you could be at a, at a bank. You could be at a, at a Bank of America or at a J.P. Morgan Chase. You could be at a, at a healthcare institution like Eli Lilly. It's not an IT corporation that we, that we deal with. It is all of corporate America because IT has been ingrained as part of the business in all of corporate America. You know, uh, BDPA has been successful in all those local areas because we work from the classroom to the boardroom. Like anybody, like any other, some chapters are more focused on the classroom part. Some chapters may be more focused on the boardroom part, and other chapters are successful when they realize that they need to cover that entire continuum. They need to have K through 12 programs that provide meaningful STEM experiences and and education for our young people in our community that are not getting that in their public school curriculum. Right, that's the classroom part. They need to help our young people with college scholarships to get into college. We need to help our young people when they're in college by providing them with internships that will prepare them for when they graduate to get their, you know, jobs in, in this industry, in the IT industry. You know, that's our sweet spot. That's what we do well. When you're in the industry, we need to help you. Man, there are so many unwritten rules in corporate America. I heard one of your guests, um, Charnisi, I believe, of, of, of a while ago, talk about how she mentors young people at her company because there are so many rules that aren't written down anywhere. They're unwritten, and, and you need somebody that will mentor. And that's part of what BDPA, when it's successful, when, we're, when we are doing what we, what we do well, that's what we do for employees and, and for our members that are in the industry in their early years. And then we help them get the cutting-edge stuff so that they stay relevant as they grow their career. I mean, mainframe programmers, if that's all they ever, ever knew how to do was, you know, load computer tapes or, or you know, work in the scheduling area, they, they just limit their career opportunities. And so we work to give those folks training and, and to point them to where they can get certifications and where they can truly improve their skill sets, uh, both technical and, and leadership. And then we work with CIOs. It was out of BDPA that a group of what's now 85 African-American chief information officers, C-level executives around the nation, where they gathered together and created what is now known as the Information Technology Senior Management Forum. And so that's BDPA. That's us, classroom to boardroom, IT industry, and, and, and advancing careers. That's, and so I stay focused on that, and I, and I would dare say that, when you see chapters that are successful, like Atlanta or Chicago or, you know, wherever they're successful around the, around the nation, those are people that are delivering programs and services that, that speak to that, that one sentence. Programs and services that advance the careers of African-Americans, IT industry, from the classroom to the boardroom. That's fantastic. Fantastic. Jacqueline. Oh, thank you. Um, you know what? Uh, so let me let me draw out a, a particular aspect because you you yourself, Wayne, um, didn't you know you're kind of an unintentional uh, IT kind of person, and like many people uh, that uh, found themselves or find themselves now in the IT space or in on an IT career path. And um, I think that's something more and more that people have to also understand um, as far as even becoming members of BDPA. You don't have to be the the techie techie, but almost every aspect, like you said, of business now is relating to technology. You need to understand that if you're an entrepreneur and you're starting a business, you you can't ignore that technology has an influence and, a, and an impact, especially if you're trying to be uh, strategic. So share with us a little bit your story, how you found yourself in IT, but also how you have found um, a comfortable place for yourself, even though you weren't intentionally pursuing an IT career. Can you talk about that? Yeah, yeah, I can. I, I, my career I was pursuing was it, you know, along business lines in corporate America. So I worked in um, I worked in places like the uh, I was an, e an equal employment officer at one point in time. You know, I was a manager of, of various units that, that did, you know, work. There was more analytical work, if you will, more management management uh, type of work. So my career ended up being one that was geared on a management track when I found BDPA. And when I got that assignment to be the branch manager, the mid-level manager for a a uh, mainframe operation, that's how I connected with BDPA. And then, quite frankly, my connection since then has been through that leadership. You know, a lot of the leadership, the other kinds of um, skills that you get by being a BDPA, you know, member. Um, BDPA gave me an opportunity to do a, 
awful lot of public speaking in talking to uh, in talking to uh, vocational and technology and Votech schools, those vocational technology schools that pop up all over the place in Detroit. There was one in particular that had like five campuses, and through BDPA, I ended up every 16 weeks speaking to their graduating class in their data processing, word processing class, you know, talking about strategies for success for those people. Not all of them were young. Some of them were, you know, adults that were getting that were getting new training for themselves. But that that experience of, you know, five times every 16 weeks for a period of time made me more comfortable as a speaker so that then within my, my career with the, this, I work for IRS, my career within the IRS, at one point in time, I was, I was a speaker and the commissioner of the IRS was in the audience. So she saw me do what I do. It was her first time ever seeing this person called Wayne Hicks. It was you know, obviously my first time ever interacting and having, being on the same stage where she was. And I am convinced that when eight months later, my application came across her desk when I was applying to be an executive um, with the federal government, and, it, and I needed to go through her to make that happen, I'm convinced that my exposure to her helped my success in becoming the youngest executive with the IRS nationwide at the time that I did. I'm convinced of that. And I'm convinced that I would not have been as effective in my exposure and in in, in what happened with her if I hadn't been grounded in BDPA training as a volunteer. I hadn't been grounded in, in, in just getting comfortable with, with expressing myself because I didn't do that much of that in, you know, in management, if you will. I did a lot of that in BDPA. And so that, that's kind of how I got connected. And then I stay connected because I really – you'll notice that when I talk about BDPA, you know, I'm very purposeful about it for African, advancing careers of African Americans. Now, I will, that's controversial in some BDPA circles because, you know, they say, that, well, we shouldn't be focused just on, on our blackness. We should, you know, be open to and then fill in the blank. To all minorities, we should own all. And, and that's a good thing. We are, open to, we are open to everybody regardless of race or color. But I'm just very focused on the B in BDPA is black. You know, it's African-American-centric organization. And that's what gives me a lot of juice because I, I, I have lived in Detroit for eight years. I live in Cincinnati that, you know, when I got here was having riots and all of the kind of nonsense. And so, I, and I, I was born and raised in Los Angeles that had all of its nonsense when it comes to race relations. So I, I look at BDPA as being a force for positive change in our community by providing specifically our young people with options, with, with you know, the knowledge and that and the, they're going to need to be successful. And that's, that gives me my juice, you know, moving forward. And, and, and I, the last thing I'll say on this particular, you know, response is when I talked earlier about I joined BDPA for self-interest reasons, you know, I stick with that. I, I'm convinced everybody writes their $100 membership check for some reason of self-interest. BDPA is most successful when we, when we merge the BDPA goals and objectives and programs and services with our members' self-interest because then everybody wins. Then it's a win-win. We're not working it at cross purposes. Absolutely, absolutely, and thank you for that that response. And you're allowed to elaborate as much as you want. And and I, I just want to kind of co-sign something that you said is that you know, like even yourself, BDPA gives people and, and members a great opportunity to actually expand and spread their wings, to spread their creativity. We, we even you you mentioned Sharnesia. We watched her come in. We know her as a developer. She turned out to be the head of our marketing, and she had creativity to spare. You know, so people get to expand in a lot of different directions, and BDPA has has been that that vehicle. So. Those people who think that you just have to be just all techie and, and that's your only focus, that's not necessarily true. What I heard from you is that, you know, it can develop you just as a leader, as a communicator, um, give you just a, a different platform. Because it's like any organization, you know, we have all the different uh, roles and responsibilities needed to run a, a large organization. Uh, so there is something, an opportunity for anyone who, who wants to volunteer, wants to give back um, and give back to a, a, a worthy, you know, foundation and organization. So with that, um, I think, David, I'll, I'll let you take the next question. Go ahead. Oh, I'm, well, sorry. Could, I'm, like I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, I just want to say one thing to that. And, and it's so important for us to recognize, I mean, I'll, so many of our members, when they join, they're brand new. They're IT professionals, right, or they're interested in the IT industry, and they're usually individual contributors at their workplace. 
BDPA gives you an opportunity, you know, from day one. If you get engaged with a committee, you get engaged with a department, then you get a chance to do some to develop some of your other skills that maybe at work you're not getting a chance to exercise. So you get to develop those public speaking skills, perhaps. You definitely get to develop your your people skills, interacting with others. You def, you get to develop project management skills, budgeting skills. There are so many skill sets that you develop in being a volunteer and getting active with BDPA that are so transferable to you when you get back to your workplace. And that ultimately equals money as you become much more marketable for promotions, much more marketable for additional responsibilities, you know, at, at your workplace. You know, that's why the other thing I tell members in BDPA is you need to figure out really, really quick that this is not an outside thing. This is part of your career development. And if you're able to get your, your manager, your boss, the one writing your appraisal to begin to, to put some BDPA related activities in your individual development plan, your career plan within your workplace, man, that is powerful. Then your boss doesn't have a problem paying for you to go to a national conference because you're going there to be a speaker or to be on the committee that's leading this multi, you know, multi um, hundreds of thousand dollars, you know, close to million dollar um, project. Those are things you may not get in your immediate role at work right now, but BDP, you can do all that kind of stuff. You could be radio rock stars like, like, uh, like David and Jacqueline. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, <laughs> uh, David. I'll let you be take the next one. No, thank you, Jacqueline. That's funny. Um, I, I I I do have to say one thing that um, through my engagement with B uh, B um, um, <clears throat> BDPA, I have come to uh, have an affection for helping some of our young people coming into the industry, and. And that has been able to blossom now in the format of Technology Expresso. And and I don't think I'd be here right now if it wasn't for my interaction with uh, BET. Uh, I mean, um, um, I'm sorry, <laughs> the BDPA. And um, uh, it's been real an exciting ride, and I hope it continues our engagement with B, um, BDPA and a lot of the executives and movers and shakers and ballers such as Mr. Hicks here, um, um, who, is, who is also the executive director of the ETF Foundation. Now, Mr. Hicks, uh, what was your goal when you created the, uh, the, B, the BETF in 92? And as your role as executive director, um, what, are, what have been some of your greatest accomplishments there? So I, I don't know if that's okay. a, well, kind of like a two-part question there, I guess. Um, so when, when the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation, the acronym is BETF or BDPA Foundation, when, when the BDPA Foundation was created in 1992, it was actually created by the National BDPA Board of Directors. Right, so I was on the board of directors at that time. Um, I was uh, one of the national officers in 1992, and we had a group that went off to talk to, to see about what would it take to create this 501c3 nonprofit charitable organization. And they came back with the recommendation that we should make it a separate foundation from the the trade association, if you will, that you know the association that that we're all members of right now. With 40 right now, that has 46 chapters across the country. So the, the chapter that has 46 chapters across the country is a separate entity from the foundation, which is a 501c3 entity. The 501c3 foundation serves as the umbrella as a fiscal agent for all 46 chapters and for the national, national organization, because there was some funding that's available to 501c3s that's not available to trade associations like, like our, like our BDPA association. So that's why it was created back in 1992. Um, and so, you know, I, I came back and became the executive director in, I guess, 2000, after I was president. So in 2006, 2007, sometime around there, um, I became the executive director for the foundation. And my, my focus right now is strictly on finding the money to, to operate the programs in 46 chapters around the nation, to operate the programs at the national level, particularly the national conference, and to provide scholarships for our young people. You know, my dream right now, my vision right now, is to be able to go to an annual conference. And right now we give out checks probably to about, you know, each year the foundation hands out about 40 checks to high school students or college students to help them with their college studies and their expenses 
in the in STEM related curriculum, right? In science, technology, um, mathematics curriculum. That we, so right now we give about 40, 40 checks like that each year, 40 young people, which is a fantastic, it's a beautiful thing. My vision is to go to those conferences and have as partners Howard University or, or Morehouse, Morehouse College you know, Indiana University. I want to have colleges that are, that are coming there, and they are handing out four-year scholarships. I want them to come to our conference and see those wonderful young people that you saw, um, a, you know, a, a few weeks back in, in Washington, D.C., I want these folks to come there like, like we're the combine. We're, we're like the football combine, and I want them to come see the talent and to, and to say, we're going to draft you. We want you to come here. And, here's, here's, and I, that, that's, what I, that's my vision, is that we are facilitating four-year college scholarships for our students to study computer science, for our students to study computer engineering and information management and you know, all of these, these um, hard sciences, if you will, because we have too few that are in those areas right now. Well, I, I must say, uh, I must, I must say, Wayne, that uh, that event in, in D.C. was quite an experience for me, and I think I can speak for everyone how uh, motivating and inspiring it was to see all the young people that we help across the country, and 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 recognize them and and their contributions. It was it was quite an event. And what we have to, David, let me ask, and what we need to do then, and, and one is, if you're a BDPA member, you need to be making plans right now. If you need to put together, like you do when you do those those, those big Caribbean cruises, if you got to put together forty dollars a week for the next, you know, forty weeks, so that you can do it, so you can be at the the thirty sixth annual BDPA Technology Conference, which will be August sixth through the ninth of two thousand fourteen at the downtown JW Marriott Hotel in Indianapolis. You know, anybody who's listening to this, whether live or on archives, you need to put that on your calendar and make plans to be there because, so you can get the same, you know, juice that you're hearing from David um, and from Jacqueline uh, that they got from attending a few weeks back. But I'll say the other challenge that I give to anybody, and I give this to also to you, David and Jacqueline, is it's one thing that understanding to meet and to know those young people kind of has a conglomerate because they were outstanding when we see them for those three or four days you know, at our annual conference, those are just, those are, that's the, those are the ballers of the future. And so the more that you are able to impact on those young people that are going through your chapter and staying in touch with them after they're out of high school and they're in college, the more powerful BDPA will be because those are the folks that'll be your guests. That'll be, you know, that'll be, you know, working the, the board for the, uh, for tech, tech espresso cafe in the future. Those are the ones that'll be hiring folks. And, and we really need to do all we can do to stay in touch. That's been one of the things we have not done as well since 1988, since for the 25 years I've been here. There are literally thousands, literally thousands of high school kids that we have invested and worked with, you know, on weekends in places all over the country. And we just don't do a good enough job of staying in touch with them and, and being able to tout their stories. And so I just say that for what it's worth as well. Uh, thanks, Wayne. And, and there's one more thing uh, I want to ask before I turn it over to you, Jacqueline and Wayne, for the for the young high school students, what would we tell? What do you tell the high school students, the young high school students, about BDPA, and why should they get involved? Um, again, you go back to everything is self-interest, right? And so, if they want to stay on the cutting edge of technology and to become creators of the technology and not just consumers of the technology. They need to get engaged with BDPA because everybody they know can can go to the Google Play or go to, to the, the, the iStore that, and purchase an application for their smartphone. Everybody they know can get, a, get you know, in front of the Xbox or the PlayStation and, and play a video game. But how many people are creating the images that are on that game? How many people are creating the mobile applications that can make them wealthy? They can give them wealth over time where they use their creativity, their energy, and not just as consumers, but as creators. And so if you're a high school kid, that's part of my pitch to you is I see you have a smartphone. I see that you're, that you're an outstanding video game player. You know, have you ever created one? You know, we just took, we just took 100 kids to, um, to the Electronic Arts 
studio in, in uh, Northern Virginia, you know, when we were at that conference. They got a chance to see how graphic design is utilized, how just talented, creative people that, you know, we would call them graffiti artists in the back in the day. Now, they're, now if they do it right, they're graphic designers getting paid major money to create designs and, 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 and technologies and incomes. You know, so that's part of my pitch to them. But part of my pitch to them is, um, it, is college. You know, everybody understands that to get how much more you make over the course of your lifetime if you were a college graduate versus a high school graduate. And so I talked to them about the college scholarships that are available. I talked to them about the colleges that will compete for their for them by by them getting engaged with BDPA and investing some of their their free time on you know primarily on Saturdays working working with BDPA and developing their skills. You know, I, a lot of them want to create their own website. They want to create their own mobile apps. Come to BDPA, we'll help you do that type of you know that type of thing. Um, anyway, so that's, that's my pitch to them. It's self interest. It's it's create, not just use the technology, and it's college scholarships so that you can study some of this this stuff that'll that'll really give you so many more options for advancing your career in the future. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I just said the other the, uh, last week, Wayne, at our local BDPA uh, event, um, I said this country was very good at making consumers. Well, um, we at BDPA, we're more interested in create making creators and inventors. Jacqueline. Thank you, thank you. Let I want to talk about. I know that you were chapter president of of Cincinnati, and and during your uh, leadership, um, they were noted as the comeback chapter of the year, one of the most improved, um, and and won accolades for their achievements under your your leadership. Um, I want to talk about comeback because um, in some cases there's some chapters that are trying to get rejuvenated. Um, there's some that are struggling, losing some of their memberships. And even as big as uh, Atlanta is, sometimes we even uh, struggle with attendance and membership and active members and that type of thing. So could you share with us some of your story about the, the, the comeback story of the the Cincinnati chapter and maybe even some messages out there to some of the other uh, chapter leaderships that may be struggling and, and what conversations they can be having to get sponsorships of how do they kind of uh, rejuvenate themselves and, and sell BDPA. What, what are your thoughts there? Well, first I was blessed. Um, we had talked earlier that I joined BDPA you know, back in 1988 as a part of the BDPA Detroit chapter. And the BDPA Detroit chapter at that point in time, its chapter president was a woman named Diane Davis. She was not at the conference um, uh, earlier this year, but the two of you heard at the awards gala, we honored three people to become the first three people ever inducted into the BDPA Hall of Fame. Diane Davis was one of those people, along with Earl Pace and Dr. Bemley, who were inducted into that BDPA, the first class ever of the BDPA Hall of Fame. So I, I will admit, I was blessed to come into BDPA and to see a, a woman that led that chapter in such an outstanding way that I thought that's how all chapters operated. So when we went to a monthly program meeting, they were on the first Friday of each month. They were at the Urban League. We set up 100 chairs for the program meeting, 10, 10 rows back, five and five in terms of the, the uh, columns of rows with a, with, a, with a section down the middle for people to walk. We didn't set up 101. We didn't set up 99. We set up 100. And you had, and, and you had to get there on time because we weren't going to go get 101st chair. If you got there late, then you didn't have a seat and you stood. And, and, and I thought that's the way it was always supposed to be. That's what, I, that's what I grew up with for the time that I was in the Detroit chapter. I came to Cincinnati and the chapter president uh, uh, had left. Uh, just a wonderful brother named Jesse Rogers had moved from Cincinnati down to Texas. And when he moved, nobody stepped up to be the president. And so there was a full year where the chapter had, they just had no activity. There were no meetings. There were no kids being trained. There was no you know, newsletter. There was no website. There was just no BDPA. And, and I had been in BDPA for so long that it just seemed strange to be someplace and not have one. And in this place, they had one on paper. They just didn't, hadn't done anything for a year. So we sat in a kitchen, me and, and four or five of the other folks, I guess it was five, five others, so it was 12, six of us. We sat in the kitchen and we said, you know, New Year's coming up, 1999, New Year. Are we going to do this or not? Is BDK gone forever in Cincinnati or are we going to try to recreate it? And so 
you know, part of that process was I said, and I will agree to be the president, you know, for that for to, for this this effort to rejuvenate the chapter. And so we had our first meeting in January of that next year, and there were six members and there were six people at that first meeting. And by the time we got to the conference and, and for the, the duration of that, the time that I was in there, we were at 200 members um, that duration. We never could get bigger than Chicago chapter, but we made it up to being the second largest chapter and stayed the second largest chapter, you know, for while I was there. And we were, we were blessed enough to win three um, chapter of the year awards in a row after that year that we won the comeback of the year. So we won comeback of the year, and then the next three years in a row we won the chapter of the year. And we had a young team, a young HSCC team that ended up, you know, getting the silver medal. We never won the championship, but they got the silver medal um, at the uh, at at the uh, conference in 2000 that was in Washington D.C. So I said that to say that if we could do that in Cincinnati, that's not known as being you know Silicon Valley. It's not known as being an IT mecca. If we can do that in Cincinnati, that's not known as being a tremendously progressive place when it comes to African Americans. We can do it in Cincinnati. It can be done anywhere in the nation. And so I I just believe that. And, and if you're asked how we did it. We were just focused like laser on that sentence I gave you to start off with. Why do we exist to advance the careers of African Americans, IT industry, classroom to boardroom? We, that, and, and we didn't do anything that was off topic from that mission, from that mission and that vision. So, and, and the other thing we did was we kind of understood that to be successful, you need people. And in BDPA, people are defined as folks that give you a hundred. You know, now it, back then it was sixty dollars, I think. But you know, right now it's you give give you a hundred dollars to be a member. And so you couldn't come to our stuff for very long. You couldn't come to any of our things where we didn't ask you for a membership. We're going to give you great programs and services. We're going to give you great value. You need to give us a hundred dollars to become a member of this group. And um, and because we asked for the check, we get a lot more checks than people tend to get nowadays. And I'm convinced how they don't get because people are afraid to, they don't value BDPA well enough to feel comfortable saying, you know, don't come up here and sit and sit here and eat our chicken wings and, and, and partake of all of our knowledge and not be willing to invest in yourself and in this organization. The investment is only a hundred. You're going to spend more than that on a tie. You know, if you're a sister, you're going to spend more than that on a pair of shoes that you'll never, you'll never wear after you bring it out of the, out of the store. So invest in ourselves with this hundred, you know, that hundred dollar membership. Um, and then, and then we kind of grow up from there. We, we were, we get people engaged early, you know, and we get them engaged in, the, in what's going on early. We get them engaged in, the, in, in getting their suggestions on how we can improve on what topics they want to hear, that kind of thing. Um, and then we tell our story. We would tell our story to the, news, to the newspapers, especially the black media. I mean, there's, there's, there's still, even though there's not very many print outlets, there still is a black newsletter, newspaper in most of the cities where BDPA is located. We have our information in that newsletter each and every time. You know, we tell our story to the business to the business courier. There's a business courier-like, you know, activity every place. We tell our story to the Chamber of Commerce. We tell our story to the city government, and so we had BDPA members that were serving on city, on city. Um, they were they were appointed by the mayor and the mayor's office to serve as representatives on city IT activities. You know, at that time they were trying to go wireless, and so we were part of that wireless committee investigating wireless for the city. And that, that's how we engage, that's how we engage because we told everybody we're the biggest, baddest black association of African American, you know, of IT professionals that you will ever see. And if you're trying to make your city, your college, your corporation, you know, relevant for that audience of diverse IT professionals, you got to come through BDPA. So, how do we make that happen? And then we just we we kind of listen to how they suggest that we make it happen. Are you, as a follow-up, I just want to ask, are you finding, and, and from your perspective, whether it's, you know, getting new members in, getting them to pay their $100 on up to the, the sponsorships and the, the uh, corporate donations, is it getting a little harder, more competitive, or, you know, from, from your experience, what are you seeing? Are, are you having to sell the idea a little bit harder, um, or are people starting to get it? What, what do you think? People get people get it. People. Let me start with that part. Let me answer the question. People get it. Whether the people is an individual or the person is a corporation, they get it. The challenge is for our leadership, for those people that have the bully pulpit within BDPA, do we get it? Do we understand what we're sitting on? Do we understand what we are a part of? Because if we understand it, then we could share it with that individual, and that individual will understand it. If we understand it, we can share it with a corporation. I, I have, and it, I will be honest. It took me a long time to understand the whole corporate sales, 
you know, corporate sponsorship piece. Um, I used to be happy as a chapter president when a company, you know, gave us $500. I, I was ecstatic, you know, $500. That'll, that'll take us a long way. You know, it's, took me, it's taken me a while to realize that the same energy that I used and our chapter used and BDPA uses to get $500, we could get $5,000, $25,000, $50,000. We have two companies this, within the past year that have given us over $100,000, you know, each with the same energy. We just have to tell a different story and have programs and services that justify that expense. And, and once I understood that, then I, I, and, and once I really began to recognize, you know, being an executive in corporate, in corporate America, I kind of understood after a while, they have access to lots of money. Times might be tough, but these aren't like on a shoestring corporations that we're dealing with. These are multinational, multi-gazillion dollar companies. All they have to do is be convinced that what we have is what they need, and it's part, it, it gives them a return on investment. In today's environment, specifically in those IT areas where they say that they have a difficult time hiring um, American-born IT professionals, and that's why they have to outsource, and that's why they have to bring in, you know, immigrants from, you know, India and Singapore and all these other places, man, I tell them, you don't have to go to India. We'll create them for you right here in Cincinnati, in Atlanta, in, you know, name, name the chapter city. We'll create them. We're doing your workforce development in the IT area. Just look at our curriculum that we are using to train these young people. All I need you to do is give some of these young people internships so that they know that there's a, there's a future for them at your corporation. All I need to do is help me fund some college scholarships so they know that your company believes in them. So that then when you come showing up as Johnny come lately after they're graduating and they, got the, and they have their degree or their certificate, they already know that you're a good corporate citizen in this community, you know, with these. So it becomes kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. They've created their own talent, their workforce development, which is what they all say they want to do. That's what they, they're all investing in public schools, right? Why wouldn't they invest that same, that same kind of funding in what we're doing if we explain it to them that way, if we understand it, you know, that way? Um, anyway, so, that, so I found over time that the, they get it, you know, an individual gets it. We just have to be able to tell the story. You know, you, you um, I've heard David talk about, and I heard both of you talk about your excitement coming back from, you know, August 2013 in Washington, D.C., where you got to see Roland Martin help tell the story. And you got to see any number of guest speakers and, and workshop presenters, you know, tell the story. You got to see those young people, you know, tell the story. Okay, we only have that event once a year. So what we have to do is every one of those, those program meetings that a local chapter has, that's our opportunity to tell the story. And that's how we, that's how in Cincinnati, that's how we grew is we told the story and then also gave them the training and the presentation. But all, a lot of it was identifying what's in it for that person. Um, so that, that's still what we do. I mean, that, that's, you know, right now that, the chapter that is working with that kind of a mindset and they're growing accordingly. Absolutely, absolutely. And and I, I, I'll just add to that, that that's why we provide the Technology Expresso platform and have open our mic up to BDPA and anyone else who wants to, to join us on the show is so that they can share their different perspectives. You sharing your perspective, your story, um, your point of view is to helping people. We've uh, we've definitely been, every chance we've get, gotten, uh, been telling people how excited, how energized we were going to the conference. And that's Back to our point even earlier, you can't necessarily get that on your job. You know, when you start getting frustrated or feeling like uh, the company isn't developing you, you can't lose sight of You've got to develop yourself. You've got to energize yourself. You've got to um, take yourself to the next level, not wait for someone else. And just attending, you know, the BDPA conference, that's how I found my uh, inspiration, got recharged, came back. And as you can see, we've just been going crazy with the uh, various shows and guests and so on and so forth. But I, I completely agree with you. We can't uh, – we, we've got to spread the word. We've got to keep talking about that conference. And just like yourself, I've said on some previous shows, people need to start – saving their money up to go to the next conference. I think every BDPA member needs to attend at least one conference for you to completely, to truly get it, to get it, get it. I mean, you know, people may get it at the local level. We enjoy our chapter here in Atlanta, but when you go to the national conference, you it, it, it takes you to a, a whole other perspective, I think. Um, that's that's my opinion. So no, with I, that, I, I what, what I'll do and part of our challenge is what you guys have done in Atlanta is what we do need to do in all 46 
you know, BPA chapters locally is the conference is a one of it, it is a it's a it's a life it has the potential to be a life changing event for for folks. So it stands on a platform kind of by itself. You know, what I'm trying to what I would love to get in the heads of BDPA local chapter leadership is that you have to blow the minds of your local folks at your monthly events. I mean, if you're only going to bring them together for that monthly event, face-to-face thing, once a, you know, once a, um, uh, once a month, it really, you need to be thinking to yourself, I'm trying to, to capture some of that magic. So, so how do you do that? I mean, part of the magic is interaction. So does that monthly meeting allow for interaction? You know, part of the, the, the magic is people get a chance to tell their stories. Does that monthly allow for, you know, networking that allows folks to tell their story? Now, part of it is showing classroom to the boardroom. Are you showing what you're doing for young people? Are you showing what you're doing for executives? Are you showing what you're doing for, you know, folks that have been in the business for just one to five years or so? You know, are you showing all that stuff? You, you, may, you may take it for granted because you've been doing it as a chapter leader for a while, but it's a new experience for the, folk, for the people that are showing up there and seeing BDPA for the first time. And, and um, so, I, you know, my, I, we want to blow their mind. Man, if we could blow the mind 46 times in the four weeks of the month of October, and then we're cooking. And then we blow their mind 46 times in the, in the month of November. You know, then by the time you get to the, to, the, to the conference, boy, it's like exponential the kind of energy that you get when you get to the conference and all of those folks are brought together. And, and that's a challenge because not every chapter sees it that way. And so there are some chapters say, well, Ms. Jakes, you know, it's too cold to meet, you know, this time. Or it's the summertime. Folks don't want to meet in the summertime. Or, Jesus, we, we live so far apart now. We can't get together in a single place at a single time. And, and if, if your mindset is that way, then that's the way it'll always be. Well, I, I, I told this to a lady from, from Rhode Island at the conference, and she was saying, yeah, okay, you told the story you built, you know, 200 folks in your chapter, and, and you say you want all chapters to have 200 members. Uh, I can't do that in Rhode Island. And, and I just break it down real simple. What's the population of Rhode Island? Let's assume 10% of those folks, in their case, maybe it's 5% of those folks are black. How many of those folks have a computer? That's your audience. Your audience is not, you know, the five or 10 people that you, that you, you know, deal with regularly right now. Your audience is every black person in that, in that place, every person who deals with computers in that place, every person that works in the IT industry in that place, every college student that's studying computer science in that geographic location, every voc tech student that's at DeVry University or at the University of Phoenix or at the, you know, IT&T Institute or, you know, fill in the blank of what it is in your particular town, man, all those folks, they love BDP if, you, if we just tell them about it. And, and so getting 200 is simple. And, and, in fact, those places will pay for it if we tell them about it the right kind of way. Um, we just have to change kind of our mindset about what we are. We are the biggest, baddest black IT association in the world. We're not, you know, a little let's get together with 10 or 15 people for an afternoon tea. You know, we're, we're a big, bad association if we think of ourselves that way. And that's whether you currently have six people on your membership role or you're Chicago with, you know, 300 or folks on our membership role. We're all the biggest, baddest. We just have to, we have to begin to carry ourselves that way. I, I love that. Very, very, very well said. Um, David, let me let me give it over to you. Wow, I, I, I can hardly contain myself. Uh, Wayne's got me worked up all over again, just as if we were in D.C. And you know what happened there? I went out and bought some tickets, and then you got some <laughs> tickets, and we came <laughs> and we came away with one of those little Samsung kind of. Um, laptop kind of notepad things that was all because of the energy and the motivation that that Wayne put out uh there and everyone you really you really got to get together with us next year or at the local level go out and and associate with your your coworkers and your friends and tell them about what you've been a part of with the BDPA local BDPA chapter and let them know about the excitement that's being generated and just to come out and just and just get a taste and I'm I I I tell you they won't go back they won't go back but um I have a, I have a question from the chat room <clears throat> We have our chat room open, and it comes from one of our local uh, BDPA uh, members, Lenita, Lenita Williams. And the question, Wayne, is what do you see in the future as far as scholarships are concerned for the BDPA HSCC? You know, well, I, I said my, my goal. My goal is, Ms. Williams, and my goal is that we're giving out four-year scholarships. So my goal is that 
I don't even want to give the scholarships myself. I want to partner with, you know, Morehouse College. I want to partner with Spelman. I want to partner with, with Clark University. I want to partner with Howard. I want to partner with other schools and say, because I already know the answer, how many, you know, American-born people of color um, do you have in your computer science department? And they're going to say, not many. It's not representative of the community. And I'm going to say, I got the most talented ones across the country. We work with them and those local chapters, you know, every weekend. It's a volunteer thing. It's kids and their parents that, are, that have a desire to learn about STEM. They're trying to become the workforce of the future. They're trying to win the future for themselves, for their community, for their nation. I need you to give them a four-year scholarship. I need you to step out and give this young people, you know, the young people. Just think about those young people you have from Atlanta. I mean, every Georgia-based school should have been competing to give them four-year scholarships. That's my ultimate vision. Right now, we're at a stage where we have to raise the money for that ourselves. So, so part of what I try to encourage, you know, our folks to understand is, you know, God helps the child that helps their own, and, and it's, it's like church. It's like, you know, you have to pass, the, pass that plate. You know, David and Jacqueline joked about that, um, that tablet that they won as a raffle, but that tablet ended up bringing in over $2,300, you know, in money. I mean, the tablet's not a $2,300 piece of equipment, but we ended up raising $2,300 for the scholarship fund. I need everybody who's listening to say to themselves, it's United Way time. And why am I not giving to BDPA? It's employee giving time. Why am I not giving to BDPA? I need payroll pledges from BDPA folks that will go to support BDPA programs and scholarships like those for those, for those uh, HSCC, for those young people. Um, that's, that's the vision. And, and then part of it becomes, and Ms. Williams will understand this because she's, she's one of them. She's married to one and she is one. Kids that were in the program and that have now graduated, you know, they've gone to college, maybe they graduated, they're in the business. Then how do we engage those folks back in the program again? Because they already know the benefit. And, and they'll have all kinds of energy. The, the reason that Atlanta chapter won that national championship last year and came in, I guess, third place, I think it was this year, that's, that's I mean, quite frankly, it's because of Wesley Williams. And the reason Wesley Williams had the energy to be your coach, to be Coach West, is because he was, he was a kid in the program. And he got some love from a guy named Joseph Taylor back in the day. We have to keep that moving forward. So those four young people that you had this year, you know, Yash, and, and they, they all, we need to encourage them to come back and do some work. The kids you had last year, to, are we working with them? Are we keeping in touch with them while they're in school? Because then when they get out, we want them to give back to the scholarship fund, right? So that's a piece of it is, is we're trying to increase the number of scholarships. This year, you know, I'm, I'm literally on a personal basis. It's real simple. I'm trying to raise $100 a day. If I raise $100 a day between when I start this on August the 25th and the time we come there next year, I'll be able to double the amount of scholarships and scholarship money that we give out at the awards gala in Indianapolis next year. So I'm not even, you know, $100 a day. That's, all, that's why I decided it's my personal commitment. Can I, can I go find four people to give me $25 each? You know, I, I, I sing my Lou Rawls song. And for those of you that are old enough to remember Lou Rawls, those telephones, you know, I become BDPA's Lou Rawls. And just, just make a pledge. You don't, have to give it, you don't even have to send me a check you know, right away. You just, I don't need anything but you to make a pledge. And if you make the pledge, then I'll take it from there, and, and, we will, um, and we'll give out twice as much scholarships next year as we gave out this year. Yeah, my um, my mother told me about who Lou Rawls was. I had no idea who that was. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. But I, all right, all right, all right, Black Pinocchio. Go ahead and tell that one. So I don't know if I answered Miss Williams' Miss um, Williams' question, but you know that that is that's that's my passion now in terms of being executive director for um, BDPA. Is I'm trying really hard to raise money for only two things. One is for scholarships for the young people that we work with because I just think they need to get, you know, a lot, a lot of, they need to get money. And we don't have corp. It's not like it's an Eli Lilly scholarship or Johnson Johnson scholarship because they're going to different students. You know, this one that I raised money for the Bemley scholarship fund, that's for these kids that are working so hard throughout the year, you know, week after week, we're trying to give them much more money than we've given them in the past and up to giving them four year scholarships. And then my other thing is trying to, is we raise money for local chapters. And so, you know, we raise, you know, I, we, this, I'm in Cincinnati. Cincinnati in the, in the last um, 17 or 15, 16 months has gotten one uh, um, $15,000 check from Procter & Gamble um, from their uh, fund they have that we wrote a grant and got 15000 and they got a 20, a $20 some thousand dollar check from a uh, church, from one of the local churches. 
right? So they got $37,000 in checks um, for grants that we wrote on their behalf to fund their programs. And so that's how they were able to, you know, pay for their rooms and planes and, and all the other stuff that they do at the, at the chapter level for the kids. Let me let me jump in here and and one of the things that uh, Wayne I want to give you an opportunity if people want to reach out get in touch with you and and I also know that that your the foundation has a a radio show as well can you share with them how they can get in contact with you and um and and how they can support you as well um, you know get in contact with BDPA it, it, you know I, so. We have a website, right? The association is bdpa.org, and my foundation is betf.org. But the reality is you can get in touch with us anywhere. You can go onto Facebook, and you just put in BDPA or put in Wayne Hicks, and, and you'll get in touch with me. You can go on LinkedIn, and you'll find you know, Wayne Hicks on LinkedIn. You'll find BDPA on LinkedIn. You're likely to find BDPA in your local area because most of the local chapters have a, have a LinkedIn group. You know, for those people that are, that are, you know, that's mostly for people that are professionals. If you're on Twitter, uh, hashtag BDPA, the, the little aspirin sign, our Twitter handle is BDPA. So you can find, you know, you could basically just do a Google search or an Internet search with the word BDPA or BDPA Foundation or Wayne Hicks, and you can, quote, unquote, get in touch with, with you know, with me or with um, anything that we're doing. What I want you to do uh, you know, tell a friend to listen to this um, broadcast, I and mean, it'll be on archive. And so, if they weren't able to listen, or if you weren't able to hear the whole thing, you know, get get the get the URL and listen to this uh, the broad to this broadcast after the fact. You know, tell them to connect with their local chapter in some way. And quite frankly, if you've been in BDPA for more than a couple of years, if you're not making a payroll pledge to support BDPA, and I'll let, I mean, the money can all go to support your local chapter. Then then shame shame on all of us if if we talk the talk. But then we're, we give our money to, and there are a lot of other great organizations, but, you know, is the Red Cross necessarily better than what we do in BDPA? You know, is the, is the local fill-in-the-blank of what it is? You know, BDPA has got to at least get some of that that you're giving. $10, your $10 a pay period, you know, ends up, ends up getting a kid, you know, payment to get him to the conference next year. It ends up paying for the food at lunches for a chapter someplace. So, you know, we have to start investing in our own foundation investing in our own scholarship fund you know if you're if i were to go to the atlanta you guys are unique because you've created your own foundation but so what you have your own foundation and we have also have the bdpa foundation is the link for the bdpa for you know for bdpa foundation, is that on your website will i find it you know if i really have excited you david and uh, and jacqueline will i find some place where you're able to put you know a link that links them to the to BETF in the future you want more information about the foundation www.betf.org. I mean, in today's interconnected world, it's pretty simple to find everyone. I probably need to get with Lenita and with Wesley and get them to write a mobile application for us. Um, that's probably the next step I need to do. We, have, we, don't have a, we don't have a mobile app that gets you connected to us, to my knowledge right now. So um, anyway, I hope that answers the question. I'm, I'm, and then my, my phone number is everywhere also because uh, I basically – well, my phone number is all over the place as well. If you're listening and you want to reach me by phone for any reason, 513, area code, 284-4968. Absolutely, absolutely. So so there you have it. I just wanted to give uh, you opportunity, also our listening audience, the opportunity. We've been talking with Mr. Wayne Hicks and um, just have had a, a great dialogue about BDPA, uh, the foundation, BETF, or the BDPA Foundation, um, and, and just talking about the the, the 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 wonderful things BDPA, and really just exciting people carrying on that energy from from the conference. I want to ask one last question, then I'll throw it back to to David. You know, we hear about uh, the the, and I know that you you've spoken on a lot of different platforms. Uh, I, I looked up and, and saw even you spoke on the vanishing black male. You know, you hear about minorities in IT or the STEM crisis, uh, the the lack of uh, those people in the STEM professional or the digital divide. So tell me your 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 closing thoughts. Kind of, are we are we winning? Are we losing? Are we you know are we making some progress? What what are your closing thoughts on that? 
My, my closing thoughts are the same thoughts that I've heard from, from our president, President Barack Obama, um, when he's given the State of the Union. It's the same thoughts I've heard from, you know, Bill Gates and from other major corporate, corporate folks when they talk. There are too few, well, there's too few American-born folks that are getting into technology to be able to handle the future projections for, for employment in, that, in, that IT, in the IT industry. So there's too few. So we need to do everything we can do to get kids, you know, to stay in school after high school, to, to, to stay in and to um, go to college and to get that, that information. We need to do everything we need to do to provide kids with an understanding of STEM and, and its importance in their life, no matter what they decide, you know, for their future career. Um, and in, for, so for BDPA, that's like the mother load. That's like, that's like gold to us because we are creating, we're a workforce development organization in effect because we're advancing careers we're creating a pipeline of, of folks from classroom, from K through 12, up to executives. So, so you know, th- there's a challenge out there in that we, we are, we're not hitting enough people. There are so many more folks than, we are, than we're hitting. So we need to improve our capacity and our ability to communicate and to market and to share our story. And then we have to do what we do and not just talk about it. And so that means we have to invest in ourselves. We have to invest in our communities. We have to get out of our comfort level sometimes. You know, up here in, in um, Cincinnati, you know, I, I, you guys, based on what we've talked, I'm not a particularly technical person, but I take one hour a week to go participate in something we have called Techie Club, which is with third through sixth graders. So one hour a week after school, the, little, the elementary school puts about 25 of these young people in the room with the you know, computer lab, and we put about six volunteers um, together to, to go in that room, and, and we have another organization that provides us with the curriculum. And so we, for about 14 weeks, will work with those folks. And so I give my hour to that, because I, and that's not comfortable for me, because it's not, you know, it's not my kids. It's some kid, you know, this other school, but, it's, you know, I got to walk the walk. I can't just, I can't just talk it. I got I to gotta deliver and live it. We say we're K-12, through 12, and so my observation was we need to do some stuff at the, at the elementary level that we really haven't done. And so we've been piloting this in the last, this will be the third year we're doing it here in Cincinnati. Um, and that's what all of us have to do. Someplace we're not comfortable, we need to step out and work in that area. And just, we each have our own talents. We have to show and, you know, give our talents wherever we can, whenever we can, if we believe in the vision and mission of BDPA. Wow. That was great, Wayne. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been speaking with Mr. Wayne Hicks, Executive Director of the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation and continued member of BDPA in the Cincinnati uh, chapter. Uh, Mr. Hicks, I want to thank you for the time that you've given us. I, I, I feel inspired already. I'm energized, and, and I'm ready to do my part, as, as well as everyone who's listening to this live broadcast and probably those who listen to it in the archive as well. Um, you'll be able to reach us in the archive at Technology Expresso, that's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-O dot com, and look for Mr. Wayne Hicks' uh, recording. It'll be in there along with all the others, uh, uh, and they are all great recordings, and you'll truly be inspired and motivated by any of them, and I hope you get what you're looking for in them. So uh, thanks again, Mr. Hicks. We're going to close it out this this evening. Uh, thanks, Jacqueline, for joining us remotely. Sure thing. Uh, thank you, Wayne. My pleasure. I appreciate the opportunity. Okay. Thank Anytime. you, everyone. Have a good evening. Bye-bye.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.